Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. to move and so we spent the rest of our trip rearranging furniture in our rooms and we had a blast I, I, <laughs> we had a blast and I fell in love with my brother from California and I could tell you all the stuff that he does except it would take the whole service because he's doing everything I, let me just tell you some highlights I'll tell you the important stuff the important stuff is he loves his wife um, he loves his daughter and he's raising his niece, and he's taking care of them. And that's what's important. Now, almost, almost as important as he owns a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> that's almost as important. Uh, he also pastors a great church in Sacramento, California. He's very involved uh, in his denomination and has several roles there. Uh, he told me some stuff yesterday that just has really blessed me. His church has run all the liquor stores out of their area of town and has also run Hooters out of their town and uh, if y'all don't understand the implications of that because they target and, I, and I'm not the expert but they target certain sections of town this church is right in the hood and they are making a difference socially with the gospel they're impacting lives and that's what counts and so this morning, I, this is like the thrill. This is the thrill of the year for me because he's going to mess y'all up, and it's going to be fun. And y'all got to talk back because he's used to churches talking back. If you go quiet on him, he's liable to hurt you. Um, so you got you to gotta talk back a little bit, all right? All right some of y'all, this is going to stretch, all right? You got to talk back, and uh, he's going to bless us. I want you to give a huge Passion Church welcome to our special guest during our Voices series this year. His name is Dr. LaVon Davis, and he is my brother, and we're so excited you're here. I love you, man. Come on, y'all got to help me out. If you love Jesus, why don't you jump on your feet real quick? Come on, if you love him, you got to make some noise in here. Oh, come on. Let's set an atmosphere for miracles. Let's set an atmosphere for healing. Let's set an atmosphere for deliverance. I wonder, do you really love him? I know there's 25 or 30 radical folks in here, and I just need you to go crazy for Jesus for the next 30 seconds and give God some radical praise in this house. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 On your way to your seat, just hug your neighbor and say, it's good to be here on this morning. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in my sight. What can I say about your pastor? I was so glad he was excited about moving those beds. That was not going to work, praise the Lord. <laughs> and at that point, it didn't matter if it was offensive or not. I grabbed that bed and slid it all the way across the room. <laughs> what I can say about your leader is that there was a time there in Israel uh, where we had something called Shabbat Shalom. And, you know, both of us coming up from a holiness Pentecostal type background, we looked at everybody else as they were breaking bread and taking the real wine, and we kind of looked at each other and said, well, what you going to do? <laughs> I want you to know that you have a pastor of integrity, a pastor that has moral values, that does not step outside of his character because he's not at home. I want you to celebrate great leadership on this morning in Pastor Steve and his wife. I was so overwhelmed by their hospitality and their friendship that I had to take an Uber last night to go get them a gift 
And it's something for the both of you in here. Love you both. They are awesome. Give them another hand. All right, it's time to go to work. Uh, I'm elated, excited. I have some spiritual kids here all the way in Oklahoma. They moved from California five years ago, and it's the first time I've seen them since then. So you all give a hand for the McMillans who are here today, Brandon and Latoya and all their children. Make sure you hug on them, squeeze them real tight. There's some good folks. All right, to my wife at home who's probably watching, hello, hallelujah. All right, let's go to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I've got a word for you this morning. Is that all right? Did you come to hear a word? Are you anxiously anticipating the word? He's going to be my friend all service. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. The Bible declares... I still hear pages turning. We're going to do Bible drill before church is out. <laughs> Y'all remember that? We used to go to Sunday school, Deuteronomy. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And that he was seen of Caiaphas and the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and all of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me all as one born out of due time. Look at your neighbor real quick. I just got to act like I'm at home. Is that all right? Look at your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor. neighbor. Oh, you, you're going to look, look, look. Let's get this straight. You're going to have to talk to your neighbor. I hope you sat next to somebody you like. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. What's your story? Oh, God, help me today. Some of y'all got got real scared right there uh, because you don't want to tell your neighbor your business uh, but can we level the playing field real quick here uh, look at somebody close to you and just tell them I know you've done some stuff in your life oh yeah just look down your row and say yeah you yeah yeah you oh 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 you you can you can act bougie if you want to you didn't did some stuff in your life before you put on them church clothes, before, before you came here, before you came to Christ, you did some stuff. If we were able to put your life on the big screens right now, it would tell a story of some stuff you did in your life. It's interesting because when we come to God, we forget about all the things that we've done before we come to God. We come and we forget about it. We take the scripture out of context that says forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward. When it's talking about there, it's simply saying that we don't let the things that are behind us control us. But you can never rem forget where you came from. Yeah. You've got to always remember that before you came to God, the Bible declares that your righteousness was as filthy rags. Have no good in us before we come to God. And then you even look at when we come to God, Paul talked about, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? In other words, when I come to God, I got some stuff in me that needs to be worked out. I ask God for forgiveness, but now the process called deliverance has to happen. When I first came to God, I was little Eddie Murphy. Some of y'all catch that later. Hallelujah. 
but every other word that came out of my mouth was an adjective. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? I had a way of putting words together to be able to tell you about yourself. And when I came to God, I learned that the tongue was an unruly thing, full of deadly poison that no man could tame. So I knew that after I came to God, there was going to be some work that had to be done. Look at your neighbor and tell them you a piece of work. Oh, God, it's getting ready to get good in here. You come from a special cut. Hallelujah. You are a piece of work. And I know I was a piece of work. I gave my parents all kind of trouble. They used to try to teach me to pray and do different things. We really didn't go to church. We were seeing me. Christmas, Mother's Day. Y'all better wake up. And Easter. We, we went to church when everybody else went to church. And it was easy to be able to get into things because I didn't have a, a heavy structured life. But I knew the difference between right and wrong. I knew there was something bigger than me, but I really didn't know who it was. Have you ever been in that state where you're trying to figure out if God is even real? Have you ever questioned and said, is it really something out there? Here is where we pick up the text because Paul is explaining to them, look, I'm not giving you something that I haven't received myself. Many a times we try to be the expert on everybody else's life, but we're not an expert on our own. Can you find scriptures that, that when you read them, you think about somebody else? Or when the preacher is talking, I know somebody like that, but you don't take time to look in the mirror. I started to bring a bunch of mirrors today, but I knew it would fill up my suitcase and put me over the limit because I wanted to pass them out because I wanted to show you this morning who your worst enemy is. I know we thought it was the devil. I know we blame everything on the devil, but I came to let you know that the devil's only an employee of God. Y'all don't like me. It's all right. It's all right. You, you got to remember when the children of God came to God, they came to God and the Bible declares that the devil came also. And God, instead of and, and asking the children where they've been, he asked the devil. He said, where you been? He said, I've been walking to and fro in the earth seeking whom I may devour. Yes, he is an enemy, but he only has power that God gives him. In other words, he, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, why, why should I bother him? You got his, your hand all over him. I can't do nothing to him. He, he's blessed. And God said, that's fine. You could touch him. Just don't touch his life. And so you know the story. Job went through uh, so much. His friends, his wife, everybody turned their back on him. They were even telling him, curse the day you were, you were born. But Job turned around and said, for God I live. And for God I die. Blessed be the name of the Lord came into this world with nothing and I'll leave this world with nothing the triumphal story of that is the fact that God had to strip him to bless him oh God God had to strip him to bless him and many of us when we think we're going through hard times we think it's just the devil but God used the devil as a setup to bless Job and some of you are in some difficult times in your life right now. But I came all the way to Oklahoma to let you know it's just a setup. It's just a setup. God is trying to set you up to bless you. Look at somebody and tell them, I may be going through. But the victory is I'm coming out. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise in here. not giving you something that I haven't received. And so what does salvation really mean? I have to give it to you in a practical state, so I'm going to be a little personal. Uh, it's interesting because in my little quiet town that I grew up in, I uh, called South Central Los Angeles. <laughs> little quiet town, you know, occasional body bag, nothing major. <laughs> At the age of eight years old, I, I got involved in the sales of drugs. It was easy uh, because my family was part of a drug organization. I stole my first joint from my father, and uh, I stole my, my first piece of cocaine from my father, took it down the street, and found out how quick it was to sell it 
And when I made that first 50 bucks, it blew my mind. You imagine an eight-year-old. Now, I, I don't know. Some may be privileged, but eight years old for me to have 50 bucks was amazing. You know how many now or laters I could buy? <laughs> Back then, lemon heads, a pack was a quarter. I went crazy. <laughs> it blew my mind what 50 bucks could do. And so before you knew it, I, I was selling drugs. I, I had turned 50 into 100, 100 into 500 and just kept going. And I started carrying guns bigger than myself because I was a little guy. And a little guy out trying to sell drugs, most of the time they would try to rob you. At the age of about 13, I, I moved into a place uh, right above uh, Bill Cosby. I bought a little place. I know, that's crazy, right? Bought a little place uh, right above Bill Cosby. Dated his daughter till he found out who I was. No more jello. I got to wake some of y'all up. <laughs> you won't be getting any more pudding. At the age of 15, uh, I had more money uh, than I could ever imagine. That much, that much money at a young age will mess you up. And so money became my God and woman became my idol. Had my first sexual experience when I was 10 years old. Crazy some of the things you can get into when you have money. What does a 20-year-old want with a 13-year-old? You find out very quickly. At the age of 15, I, I got too deep. I was a lieutenant. I was second in charge of West Los Angeles. And everybody that worked for me was older than me. Got into all kinds of trouble. Had an individual who had robbed me, and we decided that we were going to go and, and get them. So at 15, at 15, I committed two counts of first-degree murder. I got you now. You, you, I feel the tension. Praise the Lord. At 15, I, I committed two counts of first-degree murder. That same night, uh, I, my father I showed up to the crime scene. Uh, he was an ex-Navy SEAL at the time. I feared my father, so he was able to put me in the car, take me home. I thought he was getting ready to get me out of town, but he went inside and called the police. I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, my house was swarmed, police everywhere. They take me to jail. And about six months later, I get sentenced. I go uh, in there, and the judge uh, says, life plus life plus two years. You do the math. That means if I die, I got to come back. <laughs> I got to die again, come back, and do two. You, you, you got it. You got it and do two more years. My life was pretty much over. I went in there. I was expecting the death penalty because I had also got caught for some drug trafficking in Florida. And they were trying to extradite me to Florida. They had me on camera exchanging a duffel bag with an ATF agent that I didn't know who he was. And so, in Florida, at 15, they can give you life. They can give you death. They can put you under. Awaiting that, I was in a dorm room, and a little lady about 5'3 called me up to the YC station. I had been there about two years now. And just the fact that a woman was talking to me, I went right up to the YC station. I had something else on my mind. Y'all acting a little too bougie for me right now. <laughs> I'm going to come down your row in just a second, I promise you. I walked in up to that YC station, and, and she was pretty. I had something else in mind, and she started talking to me about Jesus. And at the moment, I said, what did Jesus do for me? I'm in here. He didn't save me. He might have saved you. You free. And we went back and forth for a little while, but she kept going and kept going, and that thing was penetrating me, but I was too prideful and too hard to break down in front of her. So I went to my room that night, and that night it, I couldn't sleep. I was troubled. Uh, it just seemed like everything was closing in on me, the walls, everything. I got nervous, even thought about suicide that night. And I got on my knees because I remember my grandmother said, after you've tried everything, try Jesus. 
I got down on my knees. I said, God, if you're real, because I still wasn't sure. But I had to give this thing a try because I had tried everything else. God, if you're real, this is the kind of experience that, that you just don't have in church. This is a kind of experience either you're going to meet God or you aren't. And everybody comes to a crossroad in their life where you have to meet him for real. This thing wasn't fake. There was nothing about it. There was no preacher around. Nobody was laying hands on me. I wasn't in a chapel service. I was in an eight-by-eight cell. Got down, God, if you're real then come into my life and do something with me. But if you're not, get away from me and don't bother me no more. Just then, I felt a burning sensation in my stomach. I hadn't cried in a long time, but tears start coming down my eyes. And I said something I'd never said in my life. I begin to say, thank you, Jesus. God had come into my life. I didn't understand it. I hadn't read the Bible. Didn't know if I was forgiven. Didn't know if I was going to hell. Didn't really care. I just knew that I had met the God that everybody talks about. And when I met God that night, I didn't know what was going to happen from that point. I didn't meet God to get out of jail. I've just met God because I, I wanted to find out what my destiny was once they put me to death. And meeting God was an interesting experience because I got a Bible and I started reading it. I came across this scripture where Paul said, that that I have received, how Christ died for the sinner. So it made real sense to me that God knew that certain things were going to happen. In the womb, I knew you. In other words, even though we do crazy stuff, God doesn't change his mind about us. Does not matter. I know this is hard for some of you to digest right now, but I'm standing in front of you. Boo. So you know that God has done something in my life. Had a crazy experience where I got a Bible and I start reading it and start understanding who he was and what he had done for his people. I was on my way back to court. I'll never forget it. It had shackles all over me, chains, two sheriffs behind me with shotguns and across the loudspeaker, they were hollering, dead man walking. I had tears in my eyes because at this point, I really didn't care what they did to me. I did everything they said I did and more. So whatever they wanted to do with me was fine. Let's get it on. I'm not afraid of it anymore because I met God, what I didn't know is that God took my sins and threw them into the sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more. I didn't know it at the time that God had redeemed me and set me on a path for destiny. My mind was made up. It's time to die. Going back into the courtroom, my mother, father was sitting there. The judge told me, don't even sit down. You're an animal. You're a thief. And if I had my way, if I was at home, I'd start dancing right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if right here was a declarative statement. And I don't know if any of you have ever had an if moment in your life where God showed up right in the nick of time when something was getting ready to happen and God popped in the midst of your mess and changed everything. Look at somebody and ask them, have you had an if happen yet? Said, if I had my way, I'd lock you up for the rest of your life. When he said, if, I looked up because I was confused. What do you mean, if? I'm ready. Let's, let's go. I, I had settled death in my mind. I know it's, it's coming to me. I've done some ungodly things. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's get it over with. I met God. I'm at peace. He said, the evidence that we had against you with drug trafficking has been tampered with. That's another moment where I just went in with that B3 over there. Hallelujah. I looked up and I said, what do you mean tampered with? He said, the evidence that we had has been tampered with. And because uh, it's been tampered with, we have to throw it out. I said, what, what does that mean? I looked at my attorney. I said, I pled guilty uh, three months ago. He said, all the drug trafficking and all that, they threw it out. You're going to stay in California. 
So I looked back at the judge. I said, all right, San Quentin, here we come. Uh, let's go. I'll have life. Uh, he gave me my sentence already. We'll just go serve life and we'll die in that place. He looked at me and he said, because you're 15 in the state of California, we can't give you life. <laughs> what the judge didn't know is somebody had already given me life. <laughs> the Bible declares I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He said, because you're 15 in the state of California, we can't give you life. I sentence you to the California Youth Authority until you're 25. I looked at my attorney. I said, what does that mean? He said, you'll see. They called the bailiff and they said, take the chains off of him. I'm having a spiritual and natural experience all at the same time. Because what I didn't know is God had loosed me in the spirit realm, but it needed to manifest in the natural. Woo, God. And when they began to take the chains off, I began to cry and bless God because I knew I didn't deserve it. But I found out what grace was. Grace is unmerited favor or free gift. In other words, what God gives you, you do not deserve. I don't deserve to be standing before you right now. But I stand before you as a miracle and a testament that God's grace still does exist. And I'm wondering, is it anybody? in here that has ever experienced the real grace of God to come into your life. My God. Moving quickly now, uh, they let the chains off of me and I, I just didn't know how to handle that. 25 and I was going to be free. I went back uh, to the dorm, which was solitary confinement at the time. And I said, this is fine. They told me to get my stuff. So I got my stuff and, and he said, you're going to general population. I said, really? Y'all going to Y'all going to let me go to General Pop? Wow. I get to play basketball? Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I went to General Population, and they, all the folks that were there pretty much knew me. They said, what are you doing out here? And I told them what happened, and they said, wow. So you really met God, you know, because I'm, I'm Muslim, you know. Did you really meet God? I said, I met him. I met him. I said, I don't care if you call him my life, but when you call the name of Jesus, something happens. I asked him, I, every time you call out Allah, did anything happen? Did, what, what, what happened? I said, but when you call the name of Jesus, something happened. I'm standing before you. Jesus, I'm standing before you. Jesus, I'm standing before you. And so I began to share my story. It started with 15 in the day room. 15 in the day room, we went to the chapel. The chapel turned out to about 300 inmates. We moved from the chapel into the gymnasium, which is about 1,500 inmates that were coming to chapel service on Sunday. They retired the chaplain and voted me in as their pastor. I don't know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. But I'm sharing Jesus. And we started the first church in the youth authority called True Rock Fellowship. And it's still going on to this day. Amazing what God can do. Not giving you something that I haven't received. I'm coming in true conviction of what God can do. The question is, what's your story? What's, what's your story? I'll get to that in just a second because I'm coming quickly to this land and close. Uh, I, I went to the parole board and the parole board had denied me all the way up uh, for about eight and a half years. They had denied me. And I had about two, two or a year and a half left on my sentence. I went in the boardroom this time and I said, you know what? This time I'm going to do something different. I read a little scripture called, the, you are saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Well, I had the blood, but I really didn't understand the testimony piece. So I went to the boardroom and normally you would tell them about all the programs you've done. So I spread the certificates out. I did everything. I did AA twice, NACA, meet A. I did them all. I did inner wounded child. I had done every program they could possibly offer. And I said, all that is great. And I pushed the folder there. But I said, what I really want to tell you about is, I don't know if you all remember, in San Diego, there was a, a, a twins that had chopped up their parents, Mendez brothers. I was roommate with one of the Mendez brothers. And I began to share... Uh, with the boardroom, I said, he received Christ about six months ago and is living for Jesus and hasn't terrorized anybody since he's accepted Jesus. 
And I told him about Dion Shotwell, who was an individual out of Fresno that went into the mall and shot up 16 people and how he accepted the Lord. These are folks that are never going to see daylight again. They're never going to get out, but they're living for Jesus. And I continued to tell them about different individuals that had accepted Christ and had turned their lives around. And then I pulled out a letter from the superintendent of the jail that said crime had gone down 62% since we've been having chapel service. And the main guy of the board started banging on the table. He said, stop, stop. He was in tears. He said, stop. I can't take it no more. I'm motioned to let you go today. They let me go two years early because of what was happening. Y'all ain't in here. Y'all ain't in here. I feel like running and some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Hallelujah. You don't know what it's like to be free on the inside and free on the outside. I'm never supposed to see daylight again. I'm not supposed to be walking around, but I met somebody named Jesus that had a destiny for my life and decided to turn it all around. You ought to push your neighbor and ask him, are you walking in destiny? I was able to get out of that place. They let me go that day. You should have seen me. I was like a kid in a candy store. I went back to the dorm. I grabbed my TV, knocked on my neighbor's door, and said, here you go, man. Gave away all my stuff. I just had got brand new chucks, too. Hallelujah. (laughs) Gave them away. Praise the Lord. And I walked out of that place with my head high, knowing that if God let me out, there must be destiny ahead of me. God must have something for me to do. Everything that they said I couldn't do, I did. They said you can't work in the medical field. I got a Ph.D. Most of it I got while I was in there. I graduated with a major in psychology. Said you'll never work in the medical field. I did it for two years until they quit. They kept writing me up because we were getting kids off of medication. Y'all ain't in here. I serve a God that had the ability to save you, deliver you, heal you, and set you free. All you got to do is believe what the word of God says, and God will begin to turn your life around. I started moving in, in, in faith. After we did that for a little while, we resigned. We did a little private practice for a while. We would quit that. Uh, God called me to pastor. We start pastoring a phenomenal church there in the city of Sacramento. And you ought to see the lives that have changed. You ought to see the people that come in from every walk of life that accept Jesus and just lay it down and give him everything they got. I came this morning because I really want to ask you, what's your story? Because the church has gotten into a crazy place where it has forgotten its mission. The Bible declares we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. But then he tells us we were reconciled for the ministry of reconciliation. Which simply means that you and I have a job to bring peace between sinners and God. It means that we have an obligation to let the world know that God still exists. He's still wrought miracles. He's still doing all the stuff that he did in the Bible. But somebody's got to tell the world. You can't be a light with a lampshade. You can't, you can't be vibrant and then cover it up. You've got to come to Jesus with everything you've got. Lay it all on the line and then tell the world about it. Do your neighbors know you say, or do you walk up, drive up in the garage and close the door, lock the doors and go watch TV? Do people at your job know you say, oh, we can't talk about Jesus at work. Well, I don't have to talk about him. I live him. He talks for me in my lifestyle. Because if it wasn't saved, I couldn't sit next to some of you right now. Y'all, y'all playing in here. Hallelujah. Because I knew what was on the inside of me. But when God saved me, he really saved me. He really set me free. He really delivered me. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. You've got to tell your story. And I know some crazy things have happened in your life. Some of us are have some dark times and we don't want to talk about it. Some of us have been raped and molested and we don't want to talk about it. But your testimony is going to set some folks free. One of the reasons why we don't want to talk about it is because we really haven't dealt with it. 
I'm loose to talk about what I've been through because I've dealt with it. I've, I've asked for forgiveness and God has really forgiven me. I've written the families and I didn't expect a response for, from them, but I received forgiveness. That's the real love of Jesus because what I saw was two parents who were hurt Two parents who were just disgusted with who I was. But after they found out that I had accepted Jesus, it took them about 11 months. But they wrote me back and said, I'm glad you met the same God I serve. <laughs> I'm wondering, are you going to carry out the mission that God has set for you? Are you going to be filled with the Holy Ghost? That God will give you holy boldness to share what God has pulled you out of? Or will you stay in your own corner? Will you stay in your own little isolated place and just die there? I found out that the richest place in the world is the graveyard. Because all of the dreams and visions of individuals end up there. Because they never exercise faith and step out from where they are. And believe that if God could call somebody like me. God could call you. I had to find myself in the scriptures, and I'm through. And I found myself in Moses. I don't attest to be Moses, but I had to find some similarities in, in the scriptures that would help me. And before Moses went up to see God and get the Ten Commandments, Moses looked to the left, to the right, cut a man's throat, and buried him in the sand. It's later in the text, that God calls him. He says, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And begins to speak to him. And God used him. I found myself in Paul, who was once Saul. By his voice, the mortar Stephan lost his life and several others. I found myself in so many people of the Bible that before they came to God, they were out of the will of God and capable of doing everything. Who were you before you came to God? God doesn't want you to lose it. He wants you to be free from it, but he wants you to talk about it. And I was excited to come here this morning because you serve under a phenomenal leader who's trying to impact the community, but he can't do it by himself. It's going to take two, three hundred stories of the people that are in this room to be able to win the loss. How do you get folks delivered? You talk about when you were stuck on gin and juice. You talk about your days of Hennessy, smoking weed. You talk about it. How do we get young girls out of human trafficking? You talk about when you were hot. Because before you got that long skirt on, you did some stuff. Still had that cat suit in the back of your closet, hoping you can get back in it. You did some stuff. Before you came to God, you did some stuff. And the world needs to hear what you've done. Needs to hear. When we're out in the community, we need to share. We don't need to look at a prostitute and say, Lord, touch him. No, you touch him. You go over and you talk to her. I may not have never walked the streets, but I know what it is to be promiscuous. I know what it is to be raped by an uncle. You talk to them and you tell them. But I know what it also is to get your life back after Jesus has come into your life. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. I want to empower some of you. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And there's individuals even in this room that struggle with self-esteem and think your life has no value. I believe God brought me all the way from Sacramento to let you know that you're special. You're precious. I thought I was the bottom of the earth. But God turned me around and let me know that I'm royalty. 
And I came to let you know, no matter where you are, what you think, you are royalty today. Every head bowed, every, every eye closed. Hallelujah. I just believe that there are some individuals in this room that really want to be released and tell their story. You've been through so much. But it's your season. It's your day. You've even questioned, can God use me? There's even leaders in this room that you don't think you're qualified. But the favor of God is on your life. There's parents in this room, children might be incarcerated. It's not over. God can still get a hold of them. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you need. But I believe God, if we pray today, that God can begin to walk you into your destiny. That your past will become a tool to win the loss to Christ. I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. You say, Pastor, I really want you to pray for me today. I don't care how these people look at me. I, I, I don't care anymore. I just want to do God's will. And if he can do it for you, he can do it for me. If you're bold enough, if you're courageous enough, I want you to move out of those aisles. And with your hands lifted, I want you to get to this altar as fast as you can. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Don't think twice. Just come and come quick. God is getting ready to wrought a miracle in your life. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, my son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Ah. Destiny awaits you. Destiny awaits you. You got destiny locked up on the inside of you. And all you got to do is make that leap of faith and come down here right now. Woo! Come on, it's a few more of you. Make your way, make your way. Make your way. Make your way. Today is the day that you got to step out on faith. Hallelujah. I'm, hallelujah. Is the prayer team here? Hallelujah. Come on this way, prayer team. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you in the audience, I don't want you to stand and look. I want you to participate. I want you to lift your hands. Come on. Some of you may not have been bold enough to move, but if you lift your hands right now, I guarantee you God will meet you right where you are. Some of you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you need power from on high. Life living for God has been difficult. But if you begin to open your mouth and talk to the King of Kings right now, come on, speak well of your King. Speak well of your King. There's a sound that God is looking for. Come on, speak well of heaven. Speak well of your king in the name of Jesus. God, touch your people right now. Woo! God, have your way in their lives, their minds, their bodies, and their souls. Come on, prayer team. Hallelujah. As we begin to lay hands on you, the spirit of the living God is pouring out. God, have your way in this place. Move by your spirit divine. Come on, daughter. Come on. This is your... Yes, 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 yes. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day. Be filled. Be delivered. Be set free in the name. Woo! Come on, cry his name. Cry his name. Jesus.
Father, have your way. Move by your spirit divine. God, you know you see all. And God, you can release from the pain of the past right now. You can release from the pain of the past and walk us into our destiny. And walk us into our destiny. God, have your way right now. Heal. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heal. Heal. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Everyone in this room, just repeat after me. Just come on, say, God. Come on, I need you to open your mouth. Say, God, today I'm walking away from the hurt of the past. And I'm walking into my destiny. What God has for me is yet to be told. But I'm ready to pick up the plow and go forward in God. And I'm getting ready to celebrate victory over the devil. Victory over my past. Victory over my pain. I need you to open your mouth and give God the best praise in this house. Woo, come on, let's give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Before I give the mic back, I want to pray for this church. I got the privilege of walking around yesterday and viewing your campus and just seeing all the, whew, thank you, Holy Ghost, seeing all the work that takes place here. And I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for every worker. I want to pray for everyone that's getting ready to walk into their destiny. Pray for everyone that's getting ready to take a new leap of faith. There'll be more volunteers. I I decree and declare it right now. There'll be more volunteers in this ministry than ever before. And the way that you are getting ready to storm this community, there's not going to be enough room in this building to be able to handle the capacity of ministry that's going to happen here at Passion Church. If If I'm a man of God, if I'm a man of God, I speak it into your life right now. Father, I pray for Passion Church. And I speak prophetically over this house that God in the coming days that this congregation will be lit on fire and that the power of the Holy Ghost will rise up a generation of believers that are ready to hit the community like never before, winning the loss to Christ, that there won't even be room enough to receive the blessings of the Lord that will flow in this place. And God, you said you give seed to the sower. Every seed that they sow in this community will be fruit to their account. And God, you will bless them richly in everything that they do. On their job, in their home, in their ministry, and on their money. And so God, I rebuke lack right now. And I speak prosperity over this house in the name of God. In the name of Jesus. God have your way. Bless us and we shall be blessed. In the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Bless Pastor Steve and his wife God. Give them fresh wind. Give them fresh vision. God take away any burnout. Take away any frustration. And manifest your manifold blessings in his life right now. God, I thank you for my brother. In Jesus' name I pray. Somebody celebrate God right now. Your pastor's coming.
for just a moment. Father, I'm thankful this morning that you know our story. But you can change our story. I'm thankful that you can take what we've been through to get us to where you want us to be. I'm thankful for your grace in my own life. I'm thankful that you took my story changing thank you Jesus we believe together we accept together the word that has gone forth this morning that's been proclaimed and declared over us we seal it with the faith that is rising up in us to do what you've called us to do pray that you would allow us to see the explosion that our friend has declared over us Help us to be willing partners to do our part. Each of us have a part to play. Pray that we would step into the gaps for your glory, for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you give a big hand this morning for my roomie? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.